Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, Grant McCaslin is 1-0 as Red Raider men's basketball coach. Let's overreact to everything. Also, we'll tell you where the worm could turn Saturday in Lawrence, Kansas. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's daily fantasy sports made easy. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, making it look easy last night from United Supermarkets Arena was Grant McCaslin and the Red Raider men's basketball team. McCaslin's debut is the Texas Tech head coach, and of course, this team's debut in 2023-2024 as they down the Lions of A&M Commerce 73-46. to Want to get to some thoughts on that from the man that was on the television call. That's the only Chris Level, but first, let's take a listen to Red Raider head coach, Grant McCaslin. Give staff credit. I mean, I thought the preparation was there. I thought we knew what they were going to do. Um, uh, we were able to, to apply some pressure, and we actually turned them over a little bit um, and contested shots. I thought our prep is re- in regards to personnel was really good, like who, who they are and what they did well and what we were able to take away. So, you know, just the consistency and the effort was – better than it's been and um so yeah scouting report i thought was really where we were strong in taking away the things they do well it was a tale of two halves i i think you 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 get out 41 17 and then it just then they play you you know pretty much even in the second half i think uh it's a lot of guys on that team playing their first game in that building and i think there was a lot of anticipation about the crowd and just kind of and, and i i gathered and kind of from watching it, uh, you, you you see guys trying to do too much uh, at times, or trying to, you know, you you can hit singles and you'll end up in the Hall of Fame, but you don't always have to, you know, hit the home run. And you see guys throwing full court bounce passes and like trying to lob it over three people, and it's just you know some easy because the eighteen turnovers were. Uh, by by Grant's team is that that's something he'll he'll take away and and then teach them uh, from from that is that you know because I think he told me at halftime you know we just need to make them guard us like we're we're not even forcing that because we're kind of throwing the ball away a bit uh, too much um, so you had uh, you had nine turnovers in each in each half and. Anyway, but it, it was it was fun to get this thing going. Um, I think uh, there, there's so many individuals we can get into here, but that, that's my first thought is that, you know, you, you just, you know, turn it over a bit too much is a bit sloppy in the second half. But uh, you, you uh, you know, 41-17 at half is that, that, that dog will hunt for sure. <laughs> yeah, there were some eye-popping statistics just after the first 20 minutes, and I don't know you know, what of it I really like the most, but it may be Warren Washington nearing a double-double by the time the, the halftime break was arriving. I, I loved seeing, finally, because the exhibition game, you just probably got to follow on Twitter or maybe a, a buddy FaceTiming you if you weren't there in person. 
But then we heard about it from Coach McCaslin. We played that clip here on this show about Warren Washington really kind of stirring that transition drink or really contributing to some of those looks beyond the arc. You talked about him yesterday being a rim runner. Man, we saw that. I flinched, winced a little when the first time I saw the seven-footer put it up, it was blocked. <laughs> That's not necessarily what you want to see, but uh, that was just a one-off for the most part. I loved seeing his athleticism on display. And, man, the effort he was really given to uh, clean the glass uh, was nice to see, man. Winds up with something that I don't know I, I really expected there in, in game one. But uh, he was kind of as advertised, I guess, if I had to put it uh, succinctly. Yeah, and that was Jerome Brewer for AM Commerce that uh, that blocked that shot. He's, I think, I think the Southland Defensive Player of the Year. And so, yeah, he's he's about 6'8", 220, and uh, one of their best player, if not the best player. But yeah, Warren will will learn from that because I thought I thought the same. I'm like, whoa. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's it just shows you, you know, you can't be timid around the 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 rim. You know, you've got to. That's why coaches always say, man, if you if you're in a position to always, you know, dunk it or attempt to dunk it or whatever, that's what we want as, as opposed to laying it up. Because if you try to dunk it more often than not, it's going to go in or you're going to get fouled because of uh, how aggressive uh, of the nature of that move is. But he got to the free throw line a lot. I thought he kind of played volleyball with him a little bit around the rim, too, and just kind of used his length and height. And, you know, the the. The, the I don't know, it's not a concern, but like the one thing is he, he scooped up all the rebounds, you know, it felt like. And you, you were kind of thinking that because I think Grant's he'll start talking a lot about how this particular team will need to team rebound. It can't just rely on one person to clean up the glass. But in, in a lot of these non-conference games, Warren Washington is going to be the tallest guy on the floor. Uh, I think he's one of your most talented players. Uh, and he's well traveled. I mean, it's it's amazing all the been, all the places that he's played hoops at, uh, and, and all that. But uh, but yeah, he he's going to be a bit of a centerpiece for you, just because he's different than everybody that you've got. Um, and there's really no you know true backup uh, to him. But uh, I uh, you know he and he got quite a few opportunities at the free throw line as well, which you know, again because of his work on the glass, but. Uh, yeah, there's a couple you'd like to see him finish a bit stronger around the rim, but hey, man, it's a start. Yeah, no question. I just <laughs> I had to chuckle to myself, uh, <laughs> you know, talking all off season or thinking as a fan, all right, seven footer in the house. And uh, there's just a little humbling for you right out of the gates from a guy who has humbled uh, a few. So credit to him. Um, 24 for 29 at the free throw line. I love to see that 29 total. You and I have watched some teams in some recent seasons that really get to the charity stripe. I mean, in mass, and that's never going to hurt a basketball team. I hope that that will be one thing that continues because it always winds up being a big thing. But kind of as the game goes on, it sort of feels like one of the little things to me, you know, that can kind of sneak by you a little bit that really good teams do, but maybe other teams don't work hard enough to attack the rim or whatever it might be consistently enough to do it. And then at the end of the night, you're thinking, whoa, that's one of the things that might have saved our bacon in a Big 12 setting or two. I don't know if that'll be a common theme this year, Chris, but that was really nice to see right out of the gates. 29 trips to the charity strike. If you want to just peel back the onion on on the game last night, that was the complete difference. Um, I think both teams make five threes. Both teams, I think AM Commerce made like, you know, 20 field goals. You made 22. And, and so, but yet you win by, I think, 27 points. 
the the difference is is you you made twenty four free throws. I think it was they made one. I'm sorry, you must have cut out. I thought you said one. I thought I lost your audio for a second. <laughs> One. So there's so, something to work on. <laughs> yeah, there's a you know we, we always talk about you know your advantage or disadvantage on the glass and all that, but you're plus twenty three when it came to to free. And, and again, part of this you, you could nitpick and say, man, you, you, there's some of these buckets around the the basket you needed to finish because they missed some bunnies and and smoked some layups and things like that. Um, they, they weren't as good around uh, the rim as you would have hoped, but they were aggressive. And I think I, 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 one of the more fascinating things they've started including in some of these stat sheets uh, now is like how many fouls you draw, like how many times do you get fouled? And that that's where, you know, like Warren Washington last night, he, he, uh, he led the the game and, and he got fouled five times. You know, I think pop Isaacs versus the Aggies in that exhibition game, he, he drew seven fouls. That because what what that tells me is that two things you're playing hard, okay, and you're being aggressive. If you draw a lot of fouls, you're you're doing a lot of things right because you're you're you know you're you're playing, you know you're you're emptying the bucket, but you're also also being aggressive and not being timid. You're not fading away. You're not doing this. And so I, I think uh, you know Pop in that exhibition was aggressive. He was last night as well, getting downhill, trying to get to the rim and trying to attack and, and all that. And, and we saw a lot more of that than, than I, I, I remember from last year, which I love it because that's going to open up his three-point shooting as well. But then Warren Washington was just uh, kind of a man on the glass. And I think AM Commerce just, you know, had to foul him at times. But, uh, yeah, the free throw discrepancy. And that's – you're right, man. That's what you want. And, and that's where – that's always a telltale sign – it was with the team last year where they're not being aggressive. They're not playing hard. They're just settling. Yeah. You know, they're just heaving them up and and not trying to drive it and get to the free throw line. And there's going to come times where those games are going to happen. And we're going to point to that and say, man, you got to you gotta get into the paint, get a paint touch and see what happens and, and, and all those things. But, uh, but yeah, last night. I don't know if we'll see that much of a discrepancy the rest of the season, but it sure it sure was out of the out of the gates in the opener. We are going to the elite eight if we are plus twenty three. Uh, the rest of the way, I'm going to say on the free throw line uh, here this regular season. Those are some telltale signs that we like, but let's get to a telltale red flag or concern, and one that not only myself but I heard from some other tech fans in the YouTube comments we're a little fearful about, particularly given the results in the exhibition game against the Aggies. Here's what it is. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical, and I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications with Jace Medical. Do you know what that means? It means you can say, bring on extended travel. You can say, bring on the next natural disaster, and you can say, bring on supply chain issues because you're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics from Cialis, Viagra, or Revadio prescriptions, and this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. So go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. And remember to use our promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. Heard this from a verified customer recently who said they're thankful for the service with supply chain issues causing them to cut their pills in half to have them. They ordered most of their meds with a year's supply from Jace Medical, and they also picked up the antibiotic kit, feeling secure now 
is what they'd tell you if they were in my seat. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and it's recommended for everyone. So if you were someone you love, would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use our promo code Locked on for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. I heard from some other tech fans in the YouTube comments were a little fearful about, particularly given the results in the exhibition game against the Aggies. Here's what it is. Three-point shooting. You sliced your percentage in half. And you and I have had a conversation earlier this week about what's real from that win over the Aggies. Well, your prolific three-point shooting was one of the things that obviously got you over the hump. You shot it like... I think 34 times or something. You shot 41.7, if I'm not mistaken, percent in that game, which again will get you very far in an NCAA postseason if you were to be that type of team. And I know it was in the back of my mind. It was probably in the back of your mind. I, I saw it in the YouTube comments from some of our very, very perceptive and intelligent viewers as well, Chris. Just a general paraphrasing of a question of live by the three die by the three. And I think we all like it when it's going in, but we're wondering, okay, is this really something you want to hang your hat on as a team? Are you good enough to be able to hang your hat on it? Not going to make too much out of one game. And it wasn't like a sky high total. You shot it 23 times from beyond the arc, but only five of them are dropping. It's 21.7 as a percentage at the end of the night. So I know that's something that's going to generate a lot of conversation, obviously, uh, as we head into the next ball game. I, I, I don't want to say that they're going to just circle the wagons and say, hey, man, our our, our ride or die is going to be this three-point shot. You know, like, and we're, you know, but it's going to, with this particular team, there will be a heavy component of perimeter. That That's what I think they're good at. Um, and I think, uh, you know, some nights it may be very, because what, what, what scares me a bit is, is when, what, what, what we haven't really, because they ran a lot. Okay, and I think Grant wants them to run a lot, yeah. like yeah, you know, all this pace talk and all that stuff. And it looked totally normal. He he turned them loose and was running, and it's like all this concern about well, that they only you know they they're gonna walk it up the court and they're gonna do this and that. No, that's that that's not what's happening here, and it won't happen here with this particular group. I just don't see it. However, there is a a point in the season and some of these Big Twelve games, and even if you get to the postseason. Where the game does, it does slow down by the nature of yeah. just the way that it's officiated, that how many TV timeouts, and just all, all of those things mixed in there. And you've got to be able to execute in the half court. And that's where I'm kind of curious what that's going to look like. Because right now, a lot of their threes are coming in transition. Um, and, you know, I mean, we, we heard from uh, Grant uh, before this, this opener in that they were, I think, eight of nine in transition versus the Aggies. But, you know, they got some of those – uh, I, you know, again, as long as you're, as long as it's a lot of penetrate and kick, I have no problem with it, especially when you have guys like Chance McMillan and Kerwin Walton and yes. guys that are like 40% ish three point shooters pop Isaacs, um, who I, I kept terming him on the broadcast is like highly flammable. Cause he, he, <laughs> he, he can be streaky five, five can miss, but then the next five could go in. And that's why he must continue to stay aggressive. Because that's just you're gonna have to live with some of that uh, with him. Yeah, and, man. And but I really like the perimeter shooting. Well, I think that's a great point that you make. Uh, how do they come about? Is it a lot of dribbling the basketball, chucking one up outside of the offense? A situation where Bob Knight would kick the basketball into the stands and say, "Give me a new basketball." He's dribbled <laughs> that one to death. Actually, seen that on video before. Uh, if any coaches want a new trick out there, 
you know, does it come that way or is it a penetration and kick? That definitely is a different kind of enterprise. And I may be just a little traumatized as a basketball fan with teams that are chuckers. We've seen a few of those. I just do feel like that's one of those telltale things. Like, are you a disciplined team doing what is best for the team or not? Are you shooting it more than you should from beyond the arc and you're not knocking it down enough? And even if you are, I would say, Chris, a good shooting team, you're still going to be a night where you're not that good of a shooting team, I guess, or it may not work out all that much. So hopefully that's more so what we saw uh, maybe last night and we'll get back uh, to something a little more consistent from beyond the arc next time out. You mentioned Kerwin Walton. Oh, by the way, I'm going, I guess, Doc Holliday. I forgot you were there. Welcome back. Hopefully we're going to see a little bit more of you here this season. That was a familiar name. There weren't many familiar names you hear called on the broadcast because of all the turnover, but Walton among those with some familiarity. You know, I think one of the criticisms of what they put together, not everybody felt this way, but there were some people almost kind of wondering aloud, have, have we just put together a collection of role players from, from, from other places and this is going to be our, our team? And, and I can see why people had, because you didn't go get an all-conference guy. I mean, you did get the freshman of the year in the Mountain West and, and Darren Williams, but there was a bunch of uh, guys that were maybe the second or third or fourth options on, on some of their teams and they'd all played the NCAA tournament. So we need to mention that, but I think from the standpoint of defensively, I think that's a positive because I think there's a reason why uh, that they were, they were brought here. And I think that Grant, uh, you know, the background there with him on, on defense and, and the big picture and all that, I have zero doubts because they will like that. That's what ultimately is going to decide playing time, you know? Um, and if, you know, like point blank, if Kerwin Walton, if he wants to play more and earn more minutes, he's got to get better on defense. You know, I think, I think pop, I think, um, I think a lot of the Lamar, I think they, a lot of the returners, Robert Jennings, I think they would all tell you coach McCaslin and, and, and staff have made me better uh, as an individual defender. Um, you, it's funny you mentioned Joe Toussaint. He's the best on-ball defender you've got. There's a reason you had to go get him and wanted him desperately uh, because he is he is a, a dog. You know, I mean, he's somebody that's seen it, played in this league, and and all that. But the defense will come. I just firmly believe that it may not be like lockdown on some nights, and it's going to be again. You know, that's what Grant was criticizing his, himself after that A and M win. It's like, hey, man, we won. Uh, this exhibition game, but, you know, yeah, pace wasn't a problem. We scored nearly 90 points, but we gave up 84, right. you know, like, so it's like this, it's like these guys on each shoulders, like going, Hey man, what, what's up? And the other one going, Hey man, what's up? You know, like, I mean, they're, they're kind of questioning each other is, as you let them run and you let it fly and all that, there's a component of, so w what it boils down to is I think this team and he'll tell you, they can win in different ways, and I think some nights that's that's the what the best teams can do. And, and you're not there yet, but ultimately, some nights it may be let, let's get up and down the floor, and other nights it may be like we got to slap the floor and we got to play and guard like crazy, or we don't have a chance. Uh, so I think there's going to be kind of a mix, and it'll be fascinating to watch him let the reins go, then pull back on the reins, and just kind of see how this thing. And it's a lot of it will be based on who they're playing and. Sure. what the situation dictates but uh but I, I do agree with a, a lot of what you said um I, I like a lot of the pedigree from where these guys are very very and, and I think the best thing for I'll quit talking is that he said last night 
our team was happy with the win. However, I knew from looking at them and talking to them immediately after it was over, they all collectively knew they did not play very well. And he goes, that's why I love coaching this group because they, they weren't just thrilled. You won by 20 plus. They knew it, it was, you know, didn't take care of the ball as well. Some unforced errors and all that. And he goes, I can work with this. This is something we can. So better, better to learn from that than after a, a loss. So anyway, there you go. And maybe that goes back to some of the makeup guys that have seen a lot. I and, agree. Uh, you know, a, a bucket going in here or there is not going to make them think they've arrived. So that's going to be important early on in this season. Back at it from United Supermarkets Arena coming up on Sunday is San Jose State, San Jose State, pardon me, Jose, uh, fitting the description of the next potential victim. The Spartans. That's right. The Spartans coming to town for game two. We are off and running in the Grant McCasland era. And we're switching gears before we get out of here. Coming up next, we're kicking off the tennis shoes, the headband. We're putting on the cleats and the flak jacket, and we're getting back to Lawrence, Kansas. Where is the one straw that could stir this drink coming up on Saturday? We're going to tell you, and who's it good for, Tech or KU? We get into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. First, today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the most exciting way to test your skills and play daily fantasy sports, and a great way to add juice to any game, anytime. And if you've got the game, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 with just a few taps, easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and a giant selection of players, projections, and stat categories are just part of what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, right now, Prize Picks is going to match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code locked on college at prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available always on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with Chris. I'm Casey, back to wrap it up with a football thought or two, the crux of the matter coming up on Saturday. If you told me, Chris, hey, figure out why Kansas is good and you got about 20 seconds, here's a season stat sheet. This may be the first place I would go, getting after the quarterback, protecting your own. And I'm really wondering if this is where the worm could turn. Kansas is taking plenty, second in the league whenever it comes to killing the opposing quarterback, not giving up very many, number three in the league whenever it comes to getting after their quarterback. For Texas Tech, unfortunately, the experience has been the opposite. You're 12th whenever it comes to getting after the quarterback in, in the Big 12. You're 11th whenever it comes to protecting your own. Now, you might be realizing, obviously, that we've had some guys in and out of the mix, clearly. Uh, Steve Linton was a topic of conversation last week. We'll be again this week, and you know about some of the shuffle there on the offensive line. But, man, this is like hustle or turnovers or other things in these categories that can cover up for a multitude of sins, Chris. You can be uh, limited or deficient in a lot of areas, but if you can get after the opposing quarterback, and obviously if you can protect yours, man, that's a recipe typically for a successful season. Kansas has done it very well. Tech has been on the other end of the scale, but still some football left to change that, I guess. I think, you know, you, you're missing, 
arguably your your best blocker from a tight end standpoint of Mason Tharp. You have been for a month. That probably hasn't helped your 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 situation at all. But but I think I think like Barron from a getting sack standpoint, I think that he'll he he knows the deal. Um, I think that it, it's been kind of fun. Is that as these weeks have gone along, I think even when he missed the one week, he he's really invested. He's you know it's it's like kind of like what we talked about with with Shuck, and I think Barron is in the process of kind of seeing now that it's all on him. I think he he's it's different, and so and part of that is 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 it within the game getting rid of it, not taking that sack. And our man Linton and Cole, man, they've gotten invited to the Shrine Bowl. I guess I'm a little more disappointed in the defensive side of things for Tech. I didn't anticipate that Tech was going to have some great offensive line this year, so I'm not shocked to see them in a lower tier as far as giving up sacks. And I guess now in hindsight, I was just foolish to think that you were going to do anything defensively as well, but I did. You know, having to replace a first-round draft pick uh, with a transfer and a guy that so far has only been Mr. Measurables for the most part. Somehow I combined all that coming into the year thinking like, yeah, you're still going to be in a plus category uh, attacking the opposing QB. That hadn't really come to pass, so that may have been my own foolishness. But I got to say, I'm a little more disappointed as it relates to preseason expectations that you haven't done more to wreak some havoc defensively i think that's fair i think tim tim's defense prides himself on creating and in, in kind of some some pressure uh, i mean he, he's he's coached some elite you know guys in the last several years yeah. uh, all the way back to von miller um and then obviously Kayvon thibodeau at oregon and then obviously tyree wilson i mean there, there's so many other guys mixed in there but uh but yeah I, I think you you thought you would have been much better and and i don't disagree with you I think they thought they would have been much better. You know, Steve Linton has missed a game recently against TCU. He's kind of been dinged up. Chris, can you tell uh, us about that really quickly? Because he was he was warming up, wasn't he? Or, I mean, was that they tried to get him going before the game? It's uh, I think he tweaked his back, uh, and I think they couldn't get it couldn't get it loosened up. And I think Joey said, you know, that what they were trying to do was, can we at least get him? like healthy enough to where he can just come in on pass rushing uh, situations like on third downs instead of like an every down type player. But he hasn't done what, what I would have thought. I mean, I, I I don't know his personal situation. I'm somewhat aware of it. Um, do I think he's ready for the NFL? Absolutely not. Is that my decision to make? Absolutely not. And I think he's, he's, I think you, you'll hear there's a mid-round-ish grade on him. That can go either way. You can look at it and go, it just takes one team, and he could get picked in the fourth round, or he could go undrafted. And so I think uh, that that you know he, he'll there'll be a decision that'll need to be made here pretty quickly as it relates to him, because if he's not back, Texas Tech will need to replace him with some age and and all that from the portal, I would guess, because he can come back for. Uh, for, for another year. I, I will tell you, I think he came here thinking this would be kind of just a one-year scenario. And he is on NFL draft boards and things like that. That That is legit. Uh, they see, But I I just haven't seen the production. That would be my question. Uh, there's all, he's, He had a thumb issue. He had a lower body issue early in the season. So he hasn't necessarily been healthy. It's not necessarily his fault. Um, I think there's some personal things that have gone on with him in uh, August and September that kind of set him back a bit, but we just haven't ultimately, because that's all anybody cares about. I mean, like, look, look, what does the stat sheet say? Okay, how many times did you force a fumble, get to the quarterback, all these things? Okay, not not very many. Okay, well, you must not be very good. Well, 
I don't know if that's the case, but the NFL looks at it and says, oh, man, you're you're six four, you're two thirty. You can move this way and bend and and, and all those things. And so they're like, we could teach you the rest, you know. Right. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I think it's fair that it's it's been a, a bit of a, a disappointment just because you 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 need this. It's the whole takeaway thing, though. I mean, Joey, Joey's they they pride themselves on on that whole premise, you know that that you've got to create some takeaways. Why'd you beat TCU? You know, rat rabbit back there. You know, playing receiver. I mean that. You know, and and you, you've 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 not done that enough. And and these are cousins, to... right? Like killing the quarterback, taking the football away. These things go hand in hand. <laughs> they I are mean, family. One leads yes. to another. So, uh... like Sister Sledge said way back in the day, man, we are family. So, anyways, and the lesser known track by Brother Sledge, My Family's Crazy. Didn't hit the top <laughs> of the charts, but that one's out there as well. Chris enjoyed it as always, man. You can't see Chris's feet, but he's got a bucket beside him that is empty because he's left it all out there for us <laughs> over the last 24 hours. And he's got a conversation coming up with Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire. We'll have some thoughts on before the weekend as well. And of course, getting you ready for Jayhawks and Red Raiders and hoop season now upon us. So we'll keep talking round ball as well. And we'll do it one more time this week. Thanks for the time as always, Chris. Yeah, man. A couple of contests coming up this weekend, Saturday morning and Sunday, what, matinee. So we'll, we'll be back at it. But uh, thanks for keeping me uh, sane, <laughs> Casey. It's uh, hard this time of year, but uh, doing the best, man. Enjoy it. Keep hope alive, everybody. Appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday. <laughs> uh, make sure you're subscribed. I'm just marveling at that sentence that someone has told me. I'm keep. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's check the logs. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode so we can all join in helping to keep Chris Level's sanity intact. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we'll see you for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs>